0: Hello and welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Sam Wilkin, Brussels' news editor, and today we're going to talk about the EU's campaign against corporate tax breaks. Margrethe Vestager's competition department has levied big fines by saying that these tax breaks amount to illegal state aid, but many companies and national governments are fighting her in EU courts. So where are we going to end up? Here to discuss that with me are two of our senior competition reporters in Brussels, Matthew Newman and Nicholas Hurst. Hello, Matthew and Nicholas. Hi, Sam. Hello, Sam. Matthew, start us off. Why is the Commission going after multinationals um, on on the tax breaks?
1: Well, this all started because of public pressure uh, about tax breaks for multinationals. Essentially, the Commission was responding to this outcry that technology companies in particular were paying very, very little tax in the EU despite making billions of dollars and euros in revenues. And so what the commission did is they set up a special task force in 2013, and they really began to go over the details of what are called these tax rulings. And tax rulings are basically comfort letters. So comfort letters are when companies ask a tax authority to approve their interpretation of the tax rules. This all really kicked off in earnest in 2014 with the publication in Luxleaks. You may remember this is when a consortium of journalists uncovered massive uh, tax avoidance by some of the best-known companies in the world. And soon after, the commission uh, did have some notable successes. So they started off with uh, Starbucks, a tax break in the Netherlands, and also with a branch of Fiat in Luxembourg.
0: How are they justifying this in terms of competition and antitrust? Is this really the right department to be going after it?
1: See, this is where things get to be a bit controversial. So under the EU state aid rules, uh, companies cannot receive any kind of benefits that would not be uh, available to other companies. That's just a plain old illegal subsidy. When it comes to tax, it's a little bit more complicated. So the commission has to show that there is an exception, a derogation from the normal tax rules. So let's say a company is granted a tax break, and that particular tax break is not available to any other company, and it's some sort of weird exception to the normal corporate tax rules. That's when the commission can say, hold on, there's no reason to do this, that is an illegal tax break, and of course it's state aid, because the government is not getting the revenue from the company. So it amounts to an illegal subsidy.
0: So there's a sort of uh, sort of indirect form of state aid there where the government's not paying money to the company, but neither is it collecting as much money from the company exactly. as, as perhaps it should be.
1: And one important thing to note about these investigations is that tax is a sovereign question in the EU. Uh, every government can set its own tax rate, and if you want to change anything in the EU in terms of tax, it has to be unanimous. So this is a bit frustrating for the Commission. Um, what happened is that big countries in the EU, notably Germany and France, they went to the Commission and said, look, we know in the Benelux countries they give companies, multinationals, tax breaks. And this has brought them huge business in terms of multinationals setting up shop in Luxembourg, Netherlands, and Belgium, and also in Ireland. And you, the Commission, need to do something about it. And that's combined with the Interest in uh, at the OECD to fight tax avoidance, and also the pressure with LuxLeaks, you have big, big support for the Commission's investigations.
0: Okay. Well, it seems it's certainly not simple legally, so it's not really a surprise that a lot of these companies are are challenging things in court. Nicholas, what's the state of play? Which companies have have had hearings?
2: Where are we at? After several high-profile decisions taken in Brussels by the Commissioner for Competition, Margaret Vesteyer. These cases, many of these cases, have now worked their way down to the courts in Luxembourg. Luxembourg, ironically enough, is also the heart of uh, all these, of many of these cases, because it's uh, one of the countries that hand out the most tax rulings among all the different ones. But it's also home to the European Court of Justice, where the appeals have have gone. First hearing took place last month, and it was an opportunity for many of the arguments to be aired in public for the first time and for lawyers for the companies to stare down the lawyers from the commission and, and try and pick holes in, in their cases. As far as European case, court cases go, there was quite a lot of uh, court drama. So the hearings ran on much longer than they ought to have. The judges had tough questions for both sides, but in particular for, for the commission and, and the lawyers got actually quite annoyed with each other, which uh, which made for good, um, good theatre. The first case up was one involving a subsidiary of fiat in Luxembourg. The second was relating to a scheme in Belgium involving many uh, multinationals that had allegedly enjoyed bumper tax breaks. And the third involved Starbucks. Common theme to all of this was that Ireland intervened in all of them. Now, Ireland is famous in this context because it's, according to the Commission, gave Apple a tax break worth you know, over 13 billion euros, which uh, dwarfs any of the other findings so far. Ireland intervened in every case and uh, used the opportunity to bash the Commission remorselessly, waving the national sovereignty flag, saying the Commission had no business looking into the tax affairs of of member states and, and quite successfully goading the commission lawyers. So in the case I was uh, attending, there were mutual accusations of misleading the court, and no, my lord, I would do no such thing, and and so on. So it was uh, it was uh, certainly enjoyable to watch the Irish intervention yeah
0: high high drama in the courts, so that's even in cases where that has nothing to do with Ireland. they're intervening on the side of Luxembourg or Belgium and the company
2: yeah against Ireland, the Commission Ireland is I think the only country to do do so, but uh, you can see it's um it has filed appeal against the commission decision that was incredibly damaging I think for the country and also the company apple apple's reputation uh, they've sworn to overturn it. Even though the sums would do huge, you know, wealth of good to the the Irish budget, and uh, and you can see that they are, you know, they're starting their campaign early. They're getting their arguments in, in all these cases leading up to what will be the biggest hearing in in the Apple Apple case. Although that's not yet been scheduled, it may well happen before the end of the year. So it seems there's quite a coalition
0: forming against the the commission here in these in these court cases. Matthew, let's let's talk about the actual substance of the arguments here. Um, the arguments against the commission, the sides of the companies and the governments. How are they justifying their appeals?
1: Yeah, getting back to the Irish, it's uh, they really hammered the commission quite hard about a particular principle, and it's known as the arm's length principle. Now it sounds a bit confusing, um, but it's quite simple. It's basically the principle that you, as a tax authority, have to make sure that the company that's making transfers between its own subsidiaries, so let's say in Apple's case uh, or Starbucks case, they have subsidiaries or multinational in various countries, and they do transfers between these subsidiaries. These transfers, have to be treated for tax purposes as if they were at arm's length. So they're being treated on market terms with any, like any other company. The point of all this is that you don't do something what's called profit shifting. So profit shifting would be if, uh, let's say, the tax rate in Ireland is really low, and so you shift all your profits to Ireland... And so you wouldn't have a very high taxable income in Ireland. And everything that's, that's really high tax, you basically have no income. And this is known for years. Uh, this very established principle, the arm's length principle, the OECD in Paris has its own guidelines. Various countries have adopted these. And in the Commission's argument, the um, EU case law has actually endorsed the arm's-length principle, without calling it the arm's-length principle. And this is where the uh, Irish government has said, wait wait a second, you are overstepping your authority, you are imposing your own view, you're creating a de facto tax harmonization for the entire EU." And the commission shot back and said, no, 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 what we're doing is following case law. This is from a 2006... Uh, European Court of Justice ruling in Belgium involving uh, multinationals. And if you look at that ruling, it's not clear. Uh, and that's where you get the uh, incredible back and forth in, in court uh, about whether or not the Commission has overinterpreted EU case law. And that's exactly what the judges are going to have to, to rule on.
0: So things are really coming around this one principle and huge, sprawling cases about taxes between different countries, and it's going to come down to one legal principle that that they're fighting over a definition over.
1: Absolutely. And this definition is not part of EU law, uh, and the Commission essentially wants it to be part of EU law. It's put out a couple of guideline papers about this, but the big complaint from companies is uh, very... Standard uh, legal argument. It's called lack of legal certainty. So you can't do any kind of t- planning. Um, multinationals are you know, basically devoid of, of the clarity they need to do their tax planning because of these um, state aid cases. Um, Nicholas, let's look now just to sort of wrap things
0: up. What's the time frame? What's next? How many cases are there? And, and when can we expect to get some clarity on these on these questions?
2: So the commission has taken uh, recently took a decision involving a French company called Engie, uh, which it ordered to pay back several hundred million euros worth of tax to Luxembourg. It's also uh, opened a case recently against IKEA, another European country, which a company which is uh, Obviously, a fantastic uh, brand and very high profile um, case.
0: Uh, so, hang on, sorry. So, the Commission is opening new cases even as its so is exi- is existing
2: fines and decisions are being, being challenged in the courts. It's not been put off. E- exactly. It's, it's staying the course. But uh, it's so much so, in fact, that the team that took these decisions, the sort of the crack team that was assembled to investigate these tax rulings and, and, and really get the the nub of the problem, has been formalised. They've created a formal unit which uh, other than being arcania of the organogram is really a sure far sign that the commission is expecting to continue doing these cases until till the end of time. So they've got a couple of new cases. They've got um, they, there's uh, the Apple appeal that will land in court, which will be extremely high profile. Uh, and then they've got uh, one older case uh, involving McDonald's, which uh, we're all scratching our heads really wondering where where that's going to go.
0: What happens if the Commission loses one of these cases? Does the whole House of Cards come crumbling down? Or, or are there nuances between the different cases?
1: I would say the Commission has already won. And I say that simply because they've successfully gotten countries to change their tax rules to eliminate some of these advantages. So even if they lose in court, it's really not a problem because Ireland t- changed their tax law, Luxembourg changed their tax law, and now it's the message is very very clear. If it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true and they'll go after you.
2: I think that's the broad, broader point in that you know all the in the in the hearing the arguments focus on, you know, really is the commission entitled to, to apply cons- legal concepts such as selectivity or advantage or the arm-lens principle to the exact facts that that uh that are before the court in in the Starbucks case or or the Fiat case but what the commission's done very successfully and what came across in the hearings is that when you look at you step back and look at the bigger picture all most of these situations look pretty unpleasant they don't smell right they don't look good and you know whether the commission in each case is able to pin those scenarios down to a specifically Illegal in breach of EU law, you know it remains to be seen, but I think uh, many companies will have been burnt by what they've seen happen and will be quickly reconsidering their arrangements.
0: Well, and of course Mlex will be, will be watching when they do and will be following the news every step of the way. Um, that's all we've got time for today. You've been listening to Matthew Newman, Nicholas Hurst, and me, Sam Wilkin. Let's say goodbye for now to Matthew and Nicholas. Thank you very much. And just before I sign off, I'll remind you to please look for our related coverage on the same web page as this podcast. And if you want to hear more from our reporters around the world, subscribe to our podcasts on your preferred platform. Bye for now.